Hey, Rob. Oh, hey, Jersey. Hey. No our, intro music. No intro music. What does that mean? <laughs> what's, going, what's going on? <laughs> well, this is the, the situation where we do a rebroadcast, where we, uh, we reach back into the archive of well over 300 episodes of our show we've been doing for about nine years. And, um, you know, we have that approach where we, we pick a topic and we, we take a look at it from either first a practical side, then a theoretical side, or the other way around because we've experimented. But, um, but I think it, it leaves behind a, an interesting library of things that um, sometimes it's neat to sort of bring it back from the past into the current conversation. So here we are once again. And we pulled up an episode 190. Getting There, Being There from May of 2017. So at the time of this recording, some years ago, um, what do we mean by getting there, being there, Rob? Well, um, it's, it's about uh, just taking a look around, I think, at, at, at your project, your work in progress, and uh, taking a look at maybe, do you need to do some adjustment? Are you looking at some stuff in the way regarding... Um, your goals or maybe your strategy or maybe a little bit of both or even taking a look at how you're looking at it. Yeah. So just, um, yeah. And I don't know if the title is getting there, being here or getting there, being there, but, uh, either way it works for me. It's, <laughs> it's saying just let's take a look at what you were, what you're making and, um, mm -hmm. what, how could we, you know, how could you look at that in a way that helps you, you know, move forward again? And in the second half of the show, we explore a little bit about like goal mindset versus uh, doing the work for the work's sake mindset, right? And I think that's what we were getting at with getting there, being there is like, are you trying to get somewhere? Or are you trying to be someplace? And that, mm -hmm. knowing that and knowing that the, those shifts in mindset can uh, inform the adjustments that you might need to make in the work when it's not working out as, as, as uh, effectively as you would like. Or, or name your criteria that you're not meeting, right? Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's a, it's another, another good one from the archives. It'll be worth revisiting, and we'll dive into it in just a moment. But first, we got to thank some people, some some meeple and people who make this show possible, and those are the people who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/leanintoart is the website. What is it? Well, most of us have heard of it by now, but if you haven't, it's a way to give us a monthly upvote, a, a way to say, hey, Jersey Rob, I believe in you and what you're doing. I want to help make this project more sustainable. I'm going to chip in as little as a dollar a month. And you can cancel at any time, actually. You can you know, show up, do a one-time contribution, avail yourself of all the behind-the-scenes content at patreon.com slash leanatoart, and then check out. Uh, but I want to thank five people who have been supporting us on an ongoing basis. Their support means a lot. Stephen Black, thank you so much, Stephen. It means a lot to us. You can find Stephen on Twitter at Black's Side Show. That's two S's in the middle there. And Dave Say, friend of the show for a long time, big fan of Dave Say. Thank you so much for believing in us and what we do. You can find Dave Say on Twitter at Dave Say. And Stephen Stonebush, thank you, Stephen. Your support means a lot to us. Thank you. Uh, Becca Hilburn, you can find everywhere on the internet at Natto Soup. Thank you, Becca. And Sophie Lawson. You can find Sophie Lawson on Twitter at Sophie Lawson Art. You can join them all at patreon.com slash leanatoart where you will find all the shows we make as well as the extra leans, the posts that we, or the podcast we record just for people who support us on Patreon. Those posts become an open mic thread where you can talk about wherever you want in a safe space with fellow leaners and it gets you access to the Lean Into Art Discord, Patreon channels, patreon.com slash leanatoart. Thank you so much, everybody there. It means a lot to us.
It really does. That's so awesome. Thank you. Okay, you ready to do this thing? I'm ready. Let's hit play. once again and it is the lean into art cast a show where a couple of visual storytellers get together and try to hack away uh engage with topics relating to telling stories with images uh we think hard about visual storytelling so you will too my name is jersey drost cartoonist and teaching artist the other host is hey i am rob stenzinger ux and game designer how are you doing jersey I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, we're a few weeks out from A2 calf. Things are beginning to take, well, things have been taking shape for a long time, but they're nearly there. A2 calf, the Ann Arbor Comics Arts, Comic Arts Festival, uh, June 17-18 in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Can you, can you believe this will be our ninth year doing this show? Nine years. That's awesome. Nine. That's crazy. Um, so, th- so like all of the final pieces are starting to like take full shape with that, which is good. Uh, and then uh, wrapping up the deadline on on rockets. So you know, in uh, the next couple of weeks, like there's going to be this this little influx of bandwidth that's going to be really exciting to contend with. <laughs> you, you're um. So you 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 make you make it sound, uh, you know, like uh, not entirely overwhelming to be to be cooking under those deadlines, <laughs> which is, I, which I, I'm like more, more power to you because that sounds like a lot of stuff going on, man. And, uh, I, um, it's anyway, it's, it's, it's awesome stuff and it's exciting to see. And, um, I don't know, I'm cheering you on, on the sidelines here. How about you? Um, let's see, doing, doing okay. Um, uh, let's see what's of note, uh, you know, chipping away at, uh, um, those the projects that that I've mentioned a few times uh, that you mentioned on the Art and Science Punks podcast recently. Art and Science Punks, yeah, that's for sure. What's that's one of them? Um, podcast I record with my wife Kate, and um, that uh, so I'm I'm working on a couple of uh, video games and story projects. So I don't know, and and also like learning learning Unity while I'm while I'm doing it, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's a, yeah, kind of a, an experiment tackling, tackling it the way I am, um, from a variety of ways. So as far as the tools, as far as like, you know, kicking the tires in the particular order to do in doing the simpler things first. And I don't know, hopefully I'll share more progress publicly in the near future. So, cause that's something on my mind too, is, uh, is getting back into that habit. And I'd like to, when, when you're done, done. When you are at a milestone in the process, uh, I'd love to check in with you on it to talk about um, on-the-job training, right? Using projects to help yourself level up on things that you want to learn. I know we've talked about this before on the show, but I'm wondering what it looks like this time around. Each time, it's like I think we come at it in a different way when we decided to take on a new tool or a new process or a new technique in order to um, execute on something we've done before, right? Yeah, I, sounds like an excellent topic to dig to dig into. Um, <laughs> but not this week. <laughs> but no, not this week. <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about, about something else. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about this week, Rob? Okay, um, let's see. I like your, you know, so you, you titled this episode uh, Getting There, Being Here. 
and we're thinking about um, this some some tensions between like goals, strategies, and then like the kind of like day to day choices and hindrances, and when things uh, get really constrained and difficult. Um, like how do we, you know, sometimes, you know, you can look at that goal, like, why did I, why did I do this to myself? And, and, uh, and, you know, should I re reevaluate? Should I keep going? And is it, um, you know, is it just how I'm looking at it? Or is there, is there, you know, how could we, how could we, uh, what are, what are ways to dig into this? And that, that's, that's our topic. <laughs> right. And also kind of our approach to the topic. <laughs> we'll see what we get out of this. It's all turtles all the way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's like something we've said a lot in the show. At least I know I've said it a lot in the show. Um, so I'm taking full responsibility if everybody's tired of hearing this. Is the reason I uh, advocate for my students to begin their exploration of comics through the medium of mini comics is because if you're doing a big project, there are a lot of opportunities for you to question the, the, the project, your participation in the project, the quality of the work that you're doing in the project. Uh, you entered it thinking you were to get this, you're getting something different. Has the meaning changed? Do you even subscribe to the meaning that you originally wanted to uh, pursue in the work? A lot of opportunities to stop and wonder if this thing is... Uh, what you had hoped it to be, or if the experience that you're having is one that you hope to have. Um, and I think that's, that's regardless of your experience level, because uh, I go through this almost every project that I do, there's like lots of little pit stops and opportunities to stop and wonder like, oh, you know, is this even, is the work I'm doing even any good? I, I think when we were checking in weeks ago, uh, months ago, when we, you were asking me how Rockets was coming, I was like, you know, I, I can't tell you. It, it's, I'm so in the process right now that I don't know what shape this thing is yet, but I'm, but I've been through this enough that I can trust myself that it's taking some kind of shape and I'm looking forward to finding out what that shape is going to be, you know? Um, so in any case, the, the, I, I think that's another aspect. At least that's the, 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 the approach or the, uh, the contact I have with this topic is, um, even when you're doing something that is dream job stuff, um, there's lots of opportunities to stop and wonder, um, uh, about whether you're getting what you set out to do. And it occurred to me that that's kind of like, at least in my head, that gets divided into getting their goals. You know, I have a goal, and that's what you do. You define a goal, sit down, you write out a map, you come up with a plan, you whiteboard it, maybe check it with a couple friends, and then you execute on that goal. And then if you get a little tired, you get a little sad, think about the goal, keep your eyes on the prize. But then there's a a being there mindset too of um, how are you engaging with it day to day and how are you making it manageable and survivable? Right. So getting there, being there, both different, also same. Mm. It's very, <laughs> it's very, uh, uh, I, it sounds like you're channeling the sort of, you know, in a good way, you know, the classic Mr. Miyagi, right? I mean, <laughs> You know, that was a lie, wasn't it? Left side, different, yeah, different, same, same. Different, different, same, same. You know, like, you know, left side safe, right side safe, you know, middle, squish like grape. It's all good. Like, this is, uh, this is an important tool in our, um, in our, in how we investigate and, and troubleshoot how we, how we approach stuff is Mr. Miyagi tools. <laughs> <laughs> Time to dip into, that should be a segment of the show. Time to dip into Mr. Miyagi tool bag. We haven't talked about him in a while. Yeah. Um, 
So you want to dive in and do it? Can we uh, play some bridge music here? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, here we go. Like we woke up in the morning and the uh, machine is making us breakfast. It's time to get ready for the day of thinking about visual storytelling. That was Danny Elfman, by the way, from the Pee Wee's Big Adventure soundtrack, if you're wondering. Oh, I was. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, where do you want to begin? Where do you want to begin with this exploration of this thing? Let's jump okay. out at you, Rob. Okay, so so setting a goal and then having this this um, I mean, I, in in a way, like I, the 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 tension between like goals and my expectations is is one angle, right? Where it feels like since we're we're on the ground and and you know it's your it's the it's the day to day. It's like well, my um, like everyone's day. There's a variety of commitments. There's, I mean, you take, you can take a, I can, and I have taken spreadsheets to look at the, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days in a week. What do I do in these different, you know, in these hours on, on different days and all that kind of stuff. And there's, you know, there's sleep and getting ready and commuting and, you know, uh, various, uh, well, I mean, work commitments, day job commitments, primary professional things, or whatever it is that you do, um, if, if that's, because uh, we're coming from different angles there, as far as the, the shape of our day job kind of thing. Um, my, um, I'm currently in a, you know, pretty traditional day job situation. And, um, and when I say that, like, what do I mean? It's so funny, like, I can get off on a tangent just to describe what do I mean by by day job, because I think that can be, you know, really, um, you know, a, a, a carry a lot of significance by using that moniker instead of like career or, um, you know, work versus home or whatever. Right. Because the idea is, well, we're talking about capacity to do these, these goals, right. The goals that you know, like in particular that, you know, experiencing some kind of like, um, tension, right? Like, like mismatch of expectation versus results and, and current outcomes where, um, using, you know, looking at the flow of the day, um, having expectations about those goals and then getting to the end of the day and some days not making any progress, not even like a nudge, not even like a whittling, right? Metaphors that I think of as far as, um, okay, any big task can be broken down into smaller tasks, probably should be broken into smaller tasks. And then maybe those smaller tasks could be broken down into smaller, smaller things still. And if I, if I make my process, um, if I find a way to be compatible with that, I can make progress in small increments. Right. And so I, I, some days I can do that. And, uh, and I, and I make that happen. And that, that can feel better than the days when, when it doesn't happen, especially if they're th those days pile up where it's like, Ooh, I really wanted to get that, that thing done. And now it's weighing on me. That's, that's, oh, here you go. There you go. That's, that's like my little vignette of the on the ground, what it feels like with the tension. How about you, Jersey? Oh, okay. So, so you're talking specifically, well, you want me to characterize the whole like going from from like high up like the planning stage to the tactical stage, or just focus on tactical? So you do That's it. Not, like, so, so your thing. You, you, so what's what's okay? So for you, it's you you're, you're thinking of it from differently. Like um, ah, I see, I see. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because as you described, there's like a big chunk of time where you are in a place where 100 percent of your attention is focused on, uh, quote unquote, day job, right? Yeah. Um, 
and my while I have jobs that are not directly related to making comics, like I teach, uh, I work as an advocate with the Kids Read Comics organization to create a two calf, um, and then I, I do like mentoring with with young people. Um, my workday gets distributed across a wide area in lots of little tiny chunks of the time. Um, so it's lately the last couple of months it's been very infrequent that I have more than two hours to work on any one thing, right? A class is about two hours. Um, you know, working on some A2CAF stuff might be a couple hours. Working on some podcast stuff might be a couple hours. Um, and then working on the books that I work on may get distributed into an hour here, an hour there. Like, I try to structure it. I try to plan the day so that I'm getting, like, two uninterrupted hours. Um, but it doesn't happen that often. It may happen more as my bandwidth begins to, like, you know, begin to calm down a little bit in the next couple weeks. But I'm not counting on it. So, uh, chunking is, I mean, and by the way, I should, we, I should mention, you know, when you talk about chunking the, the work, as you were talking about, Rob, we did an episode on this, episode 149, chunking your workflow. Mm. Um, that has become essential for me to be able to manage any of it. Um, and there are, I've talked a lot on the show about the, the emergent task planner. We both have, as a matter of fact, David says, wonderful emergent task planner this 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 thing i've been using to track my time and and capture data about what i'm doing every day for years you know i've got multiple books in my file cabinet collecting all this data going back like i think like to 2012 or something um but it's called the emergent task planner right it's it's a device with which you can capture things that pop up in the day um, so as not to create an excuse for yourself, but just to, to help you understand what things are popping up that need your immediate attention that day and how are you dealing with them. And sometimes when too many emergent tasks pop, pop up at the same time, bandwidth gets to absolute zero and not much gets really done at all. Um, and those, those days um, are very frustrating. Like when I put on my my to-do list, I, I anticipate how many hours I'm going to have to do each of these things. And I actually, at the top of the day, I do like a quick uh, quick addition table, right? It's like, hmm. okay, this is going to take two hours, this is going to take three hours, this is going to take two hours. Are there that many hours? <laughs> do I have that many hours today? No, sure. something's got to get sh shunted now, you know, before I even start. So I don't like crush myself under this. Um, but then all of a sudden I'll find out that like, oh, too many things popped up. Now, this thing that I thought I had two hours for, I had no hours for, right? Um, and at that point, a, a, a mindset strategy that I try to like get used to or try to, um, how do I put this? How I want to, I try to train myself to get into this mindset is uh, not based, not, not always judge myself in performance, but judge myself on showing up. Does that make sense? Hmm. Uh, there's a value in showing up even if you don't produce that much. If I'm showing up every time and I'm not letting the, um, what Stephen Pressfield would call the resistance of it, make me like lead me to procrastinate so as not to have to deal with it. Oh, that's too unpleasant. Oh, I'm not looking forward to facing that angry firing squad. You know, um, I, I, I have to show up again and say, sorry for the delayed reply on this, you know. Uh, but the fact that I still do and show up, I, I try to remind myself that that has a different kind 
an equal value to producing what I expect it to, right? So, I mean, you're, let's see. I mean, there's a, there's a cumulative effect to the sort of um, the tighter feedback loop you're 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 describing, right? So you're you're what you're describing is um, finding the work that it's important to do next, um, budgeting among available uh, capacity you have to to address that work. And then seeing how it went frequently, right? Where, I mean, you can make plans that are, you know, at a far bigger scale and just say, well, I'm going to finish a book in a month or I'm going to finish a book by fall or I'm going to, you know, and, 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 or just say, I'm going to have, I'm going to finish two books this year, or I'm going to make, you know, a game and whatever. Uh, But like, how useful is that? compared to this, you know, the sort of like day-to-day work plan where you're just, you're chipping away. And yeah, that's, yeah. you know, like, is there any bridge between the, the sort of the, the chipping away feedback loop day-to-day and the big goals? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, because there are, like I was describing, like when I'm trying to remind myself that like there's a value in showing up, why would I say that? Because I'm feeling pretty rotten about not having turned out enough stuff. And if, and if that continues to happen, if that, if that accumulates, you know, you have a couple of really bad days. For me, like one of my warning signs is if I show up to things continually, continually showing up to things feeling frazzled and like letting that frazzledness show, you know, like I, I'm not being a hundred percent attentive. I we think we talked about this in the last episode. You know, I made a note to myself, okay, Jersey, you're going to meditate this week. Cause you showed up at some meetings and you blasted through them without asking for other people to, to, uh, to tell you what they even wanted to do. Um, how, how they, how they had hoped to contribute. You just told them what you wanted and then walked out. Um, like when I, when that happens, it's like, okay, you know, you're not in a good place mentally. So what do you do? Okay, well, you check in with your goal. Am I, am I doing something that's heading towards my goals, my big goals, my big one-word sentences of these are the things I hope to accomplish in this life? Hmm. Sure. That, sometimes that is very cold comfort, though, because, yes, I am working towards these things. And while I'm working towards these things, I'm still encountering these frictions. I'm still short in this particular aspect of my life. Uh, yeah, but it's really hard to work under these conditions or these, this specific work in this specific group or work in such a way where I don't get to necessarily take Saturday off this month, you know? Um, that but you're working towards your goal, when right? You this month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, so, you know, it, Yes, there is a bridge where I can stop and take a look at, am I working towards my goals? Sure. Uh, is the work I'm doing in the meantime meaningful? You bet. Um, is it still so hard that I can allow myself or I find myself feeling um, overwhelmed, underappreciated, um, over overextended, uh, and inadequately uh, uh, compensated? See? And that's when I start to feel aggrieved. Mm-hmm. Um even though I'm doing stuff that is exceedingly meaningful, right? It's all stuff that if you were to tell 11-year-old me that you're doing it, I'd be like, oh, wow. But there's still opportunities to feel that friction when, um, again, when you talk about, like, 
I think I think uh, most people I know have problems navigating that capacity. And and this ETP stuff, you know, it's like some of my friends joke with me, like, "Oh, you're so organized, Jersey." I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> you, you see my office. I'm not that organized. This is this is like this ETP thing is like a lifeline." <laughs> This is just trying not to drown. This is just me like going like, please don't let me fall under, you know, um, which came out of a sense of, of for many years, like especially like a decade ago, just feeling overwhelmed all the time. Now it's only part of the time. Um, I don't know. Am I going anywhere where you had intended on with that? Um, absolutely. I mean, you're just you're describing the. Um I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how universal it is. I'll, I have my experience and I have people I've talked with. I have the, um, you know, books I've read, podcasts I listen to. So, I mean, am I just sort of gravitating and forming my own information bubble to, to you know, to feel okay that I get really stressed about this stuff or feel some kind of um, tension and anxiety that um, I don't, you know, like over time as I, as I work through it, um, it, I mean, so so I enjoy hearing your flavor and your your ex, your experiences with that, and I, I I identify right. So, but I don't know, maybe <laughs> I want, maybe other people have different ways of dealing with that. But I do look toward um like like I I some habits I've picked up, I've I've taken from um from you know practices where it's like well, I do think it's important to you know, uh, uh, meet commitments to, to, you know, to family and financial life and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, I've, anytime I've like bucketed out like areas of concern within my life experience, I, I end up listing things sometimes in different, different ways, different years, but there, there ends up being buckets like friends, family, uh, finances, um, uh, career or, um, you know, work and then, uh, home or whatever in like these buckets, like you'll find in like task planning tools or whatever. Right. I've even built my own task planning tools, whatever to just try to organize and make sense of like, what, what am I working on now in this sort of day to day? But then what are the, what, and then what's the next thing? And like, sometimes I get really fired up about goals and sometimes I put pile on lots of expectations where, where they don't really, it's unrealistic as far as what I've been doing with, um, what my capacity is based on other commitments. Right. And like, um, you know, growing a family, having kids and all that kind of stuff. That's things change. Right. And so I've been learning and growing through that. Um, and, I've chosen like right now, but I'm just, I'm gesturing a lot and I just whacked my mic. So sorry about that audio. <laughs> um, it's uh, like ETP has been, it's, oh, I love to pull out that tool from the toolbox from time to time, you know, and, and, um, but it tends to like, for me, ETP, uh, it's strengths are for, for when you have like that big work day chunk. Like whatever is your workday thing, like I I used it a lot when I was working at, a, at an interactive agency, right? It worked. It was awesome for like it, what was my day job at that time, right? I've used it a few times in my current day job. But like um, when it comes to those other goals and kind of like um, the other side creative projects, uh, I mean, 
the process of just doing unstructured journaling, purposely reflecting on that, especially deep diving once a year, but doing it frequently throughout the year too. And saying like, you know, some of this stuff that I've been trying isn't really working for me. I got to, I got to switch up my approach. And like, so in, in a way, in, in, with different, a different phrasing, that was a topic of recent, um, um, art and science punks where like those projects that I'm working on, um, I don't have a deadline. And for some folks that is literally just, you know, double dipping in the chip dip or whatever. I, I just, I, 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 that's a big party fall in for the, for creative folks to like not have a deadline. And I hear you. I intend to use that as a tool at a future time, because for me, I, I would get, I get into this incompatibility with my current, um, you know, family work commitments, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. So different lens, different angle, different, you know, similar concerns. Um, and that, uh, I think, yeah, under the umbrella of what do, what does this look, what does this look like? And, uh, um, Hmm. And then what, what it also looks like is, um, two hours of creative time for me is very rare. Right. Right. And, um, it's almost too much (laughs) because that's not my current lifestyle. And what, what, so what I do is I, I am, I'm ready with my list of, okay, I don't know exactly what I'm going to work on, but I can refer to my, you know, OmniFocus database, right? And quickly pull out a task for one of the projects that are sort of like what I've approved for myself. Like these are my main side project things. And um, what's next? Okay. I want to pick something that I can, you know, that's compatible with what I have going on right now, or just nudge something where I'm stuck. And because that's a critical path thing, I have to solve like, um, for instance, because of what I've chosen in the game stuff, I'm, I'm working on, um, trying to, um, get a simpler character animation process. And, uh, uh, instead of throwing out the idea of animating characters, I I want to just, you know, find something that works for me quicker and easier. So I've, I've, I'm like, I'm going to budget some of this time to try out tools, whatever. Right. Because, you know, it relates up the chain to tasks that I need to get done. So yeah. And and then, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever, boom. Um, take notes. So I don't forget what the heck I worked on <laughs> and then set it down. And that's what it looks like. Uh, I'm, I'm, maybe the second half of the show will have to be talking about what it feels like. Cause I got some questions on that. Like what the, your, your brain looks like while you're, when you're walking away from it. Cause I've got a couple different ways that I react to that. Like when it's like, I'm in, I'm in the middle of this, it's going great. And then up oh, alarm just went off. You've got 15 minutes to get to class, you know, time to switch gears and switch gears in a big way. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've got projects like, Boulder and Fleet that don't have deadlines, not real ones. Uh, and, and I don't even actually impose them. I've never made a public proclamation of what days the comic drops when it was updating regularly, you know, um, to leave myself that wiggle room, you know. That's pretty uh, smart for for a side project, right? Because mm. 
it, I mean, it, it's it's an equivalent, right, of one of the non-main, you know, work commitments. Yes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, yeah, I wish I would have talked to you years, years ago about that. <laughs> years ago, what I thought was, uh, you make the time and you ship and you you be tough about it. And and if you feel a little sad sometimes about how it's not going great, you remember you're making comics, son. You rub some dirt on that. Get back in there. <laughs> you rub a I comic know. on that wound. <laughs> yeah, you put some comics on that. Uh, I, I I I just got some some very kind people reached out to me recently to say like how, how much art and story meant to them, and oh. and they were kind of remarking on like here I am listening to the show every day, uh, and knowing that it, it's a decade old now. You know, th- this year is like the tenth anniversary of when art and story started. And and it dawned on me, I'm like, oh, I don't know. that That's something I'm going to have to get used to. People engaging with something I made when I was a much younger and more, uh, I don't want to say angry, but I was a fiercer person back then. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's just fun, isn't it? Past self is uh, yeah. still, still giving gifts as far as like, you know, <laughs> look at me and those assumptions I had. That's cool. And uh, it's it's nice to be gentle to past self, but it can get <clears throat> awkward. Um, but so maybe in the second half, in, in just a minute, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, what it looks like. We'll talk about what it feels like because Ben Hackey's in the chat, and I think he he he's giving us our cue. Uh, he said, "Deadlines, love them and hate them all at the same time." And yes, I have thoughts in that direction about how it can be. A wonderful comforting mechanism, but it can also be a stifling, sweaty prison. <laughs> we'll we'll navigate that in about a minute and a half. What do you say, Rob? It, that sounds excellent. All right. So we, you just gave us a deadline. Deadline, which you know, let's let's embrace this. <laughs> right. So uh, we're going to take a break for a second to talk about some people who make this show possible. And those folks happen to be the people who support us on Patreon. Uh, what is Patreon, if you're wondering? Oh, well, it's kind of like a Kickstarter, but it's for ongoing projects. So where instead of uh, you know pledging for a thing to ship once, this is for ongoing uh, projects like the Lineage Artcast. It's your way to vote for us. It's your way to say, like, high five. We think this stuff is great for as little as a dollar a month. And we want to take this opportunity to thank... Five people who have been high-fiving us through Patreon. First, Olivia Birdton. And you can find Olivia on Twitter at Olivia Birdton. Thank you, Olivia. Also, the mysterious K. K, who will not tell us their name. And you don't have to. You could stay mysterious. You could stay a mysterious letter. We are just grateful that you find value in what we do and that you believe in us. Thank you, K. Also, Mar- Marshall Couture at Marshall Couture on Twitter. Thank you, Marshall. Cameron Callahan at Cam Callahan on Twitter, another cartoonist. All, all these people, I think, are cartoonists. But thank you, Cameron, for supporting us and believing in us. And finally, Angela Mitchell. Angie makes stuff on Twitter. Thank you, Angela. And if you want to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash lean into art, you will find the sh- all the shows that we produce there. But you'll also find the Extra Lean shows. What's the Extra Lean show, Rob? The Extra Lean show is a place where uh, well, we do this extra podcast once a month just for the patrons, and it becomes also like a little discussion thread. We'll we'll think we'll have a little bit little bit of fun, be extra cheeky, a little more you know behind the scenes and intimate and open open you know open up a thing to talk about, see if we want to chat about that or whatever else is on your mind. Every month is that's a special post we call open mic, 
and we combine that with extra lean. And we thank everybody who has supported us at Lean Into Art, or rather, I'm sorry, patreon.com slash lean into art. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Pretty easy to remember, just Patreon and then the name of the show. Boom, you're there. All right. Is it time for a second part? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get thinky about this. Okay. Ready to think hard. Um, how does it feel? How does it, navigating these feelings of, um, the, the, the meaningful moments, the meaning of the work, right? Um, I, where are you going to go, Rob? You look thoughtful. Oh, well, I mean, we, we've got, we've, uh, we, we've got a, a uh, it, it depends on what kind of glasses you're wearing as you walk into the tavern, but there's some, these char- these characters that could seem like unsavory or the long lost friends, right. That, that you, that, that could carry you through anything. I mean, you've got, um, how you feel about your work and, and, um, the, the stuff you're passionate about, there's your feelings, there's your deadlines, right? Deadlines are standing there. Maybe, you know, maybe just holding up a calendar friendly, maybe putting one fist into a hand, who knows, right? And then you got goals. Like what, what are you, what are you trying to get done in the, in all this stuff? And the, and, and so here you are in the creative, creative effort tavern. <laughs> will it, will it be, will it be a brawl? Will it be Parcheesi? I don't know. Will, will it, will it be a bunch of hobbits singing and dancing? It's, it's Yeah. Something's going to happen though. Um, I don't know if I helped. <laughs> <laughs> you framed, you framed up the place where we're standing and yeah. sort of this, um, so who do you, who, all right. So, all right. One D four roll for initiative. Who do you talk to first? Deadlines, feelings, or goals? Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I know my, my bias is toward talking to deadlines first. Hmm. Um, I'll characterize this feeling a little bit. I keep, the last couple of projects I've done, um, been keeping a spreadsheet that tabulates what's done versus how much time is left. Um, this started with the Warren Commission report. I had a crude spreadsheet that I made. Then after talking with my information scientist wife and Kazu Kibuishi, I was like, oh, you can do a lot more interesting stuff with this if you really think about it. Um, so you can have ones that like tabulate how much time there is left to do, uh, to do the thing and how many steps need to happen before that happens, right? Like how many pages a day do you need to do in order to make this deadline kind of thing, right? I check that thing daily, if not twice or three times a day. <laughs> not in out of this sense of breathless panic, but more to keep my brain aware of where everything is. What's the status of the thing? How much time do I really have left? Um, so it doesn't turn into this abstract looming terror in the distance. I want to know exactly how many steps are between me and the bear, you know, because then I can manage what <laughs> needs to happen next. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, um, okay. So you, so deadlines, um, you know, tips, uh, tips are had at you and then, then, uh, you know, sits down is no threat. <laughs> And then, yes, and then, then then feelings is next. Feelings is me noticing when the work is suffering or I'm feeling restless or maybe um, 
I look at my ETP and I notice that like, you know, I have not been fitting in time for purposeful pauses, exercising. I mean, that was a note I made to myself like a month ago. It was like, oh, dude, you haven't exercised in three weeks or two weeks or something like that. Uh, and it was like a note saying like, I don't care what your week is looking like. You're fitting it in, you know? That's when I check in with feelings. And, and feelings is like, how do I make fine-tuned adjustments to what's happening every week so as to meet uh, third magistrate goals, right? Mm -hmm. Goals is getting the book done, making it for the audience that I want to serve um, without destroying myself or my relationships. And isn't there a sort of, sort of so you're, you're describing a couple of things, like explicitly the goals that are um, outcomes, right? But then mm -hmm. some of the, um, like how you mentioned, hey, wait a minute, feelings about fitness and, and how you deal with that, that's sort, that's sort of a way of being goal, right? That, that's something where you, you've, you've worked that in. Yeah. yeah. Where it's just like, this is important. I'm going to do that um, because that can help shape like when, when the, you know. So let's see, like. And this, this is where yeah. like things like the way of being thing I think is, it's, it's almost an antidote to the linear, I establish a goal, I make a plan, and then I just execute on that plan. Why didn't more nice stuff happen between me and the execution of the plan, right? There was months of me just grueling, going through, and like people are going to notice in the, in the art for this episode in the YouTube video, is like that, that, that swamp that our tax got eaten in in, in uh, the never-ending story, right? Mm. That's what work is. It's this slog, and you just don't let the sadness get you all the way, because otherwise it'll eat you. But if you can get through the other side, you know, then, okay, I did the thing. But now I'm out of breath and I'm all sweaty. And how come there weren't more meaningful moments in between? The way of being part is how I rediscover those nicer moments in between, that it's not all deadly slog, right? Um, if, like, there's a, there's a capacity, like, in the, in the heat of getting things out during a deadline, you can be, like... You can have, uh, this is an oversimplification as a thought experiment, right? To say that, like, what if there was a, a lever that had had um, two uh, two extremes that you could dial any, anywhere in between with the lever? And, and it would, like, one way it would be, you know, being very harsh and inhumane about how you're, you know, you're relating to um, relating to your tasks and your goals, right? But then, or you could just be, you know, pretty kind about it. And, um, so maybe, maybe it makes sense to sketch in a really comfy chair and have some, have a bowl of soup before you do it or, and, and you're really, you're cranking down the work, you're getting it done, but you're not sitting hunched and, you know, embodying the, a statue of, of, of tension while you're, while you're doing it. Like, and, and that's oversimplification again, thought experiment. But like, I think we do this where, um, you go through the, have you ever done that? Like where you're, you are working on a deadline. Maybe you're getting the right progress done at the right time. You meet your deadline, you, you meet your commitment and you know, you do that for one deadline and you feel like, you know, like, 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 a, you know, a spent lump of swamp and you know, yet there's a different deadline that is like, I don't know, maybe, maybe you could go for, uh, you could go for ice cream afterwards. You're, you're not, you're not just going to slump over in your chair. Right. Right. And, um, like again, no for oversimplification, but like, I would guess that 
when you're feeling like you still have something left in the tank, you probably were also being um, somehow setting yourself up so that the cost that you paid during that time was not as not as bad or didn't feel as bad or something. Or even if it was hard, you were ready for it. Because out from the bar leaps mindset. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> ready for battle. <laughs> oh, he's a battling bard. I don't know. A battling bard. My and goes ding 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 like starts jamming a tune and juggling knives. Okay. Seems, yeah, mindset is a very capable foe. <laughs> or friend. <laughs> we, ben, if you're still watching, we're doing this for you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, so uh yes, so okay, what is what is mindset the bard? Dude, <laughs> funny. All right, so mindset, mindset is, um, well, it's that. Oh gosh, some of these terms they get thrown around. Like um, mindsets, uh, you know, like weakness is uh, blog articles that oversimplify the concept <laughs> of mindset. <laughs> Um, and all, because I mean, it's well-meaning, it's an important, it's important thing. So maybe people in our audience might be fatigued from hearing it because we've mentioned it a lot. Um, it's, it's, um, you know, it's a whole branch of psychology. There was a book by Carol Dweck that I've mentioned called Mindset. There's the, um, there's the book, um, by Kelly McGonigal called, uh, The Upside of Stress that certainly talks a lot about mindset psychology and, um, but also puts it in a more, you know, friendly you know, it's, um, both are good books, but I found the, the, you know, the, the one by Kelly McGonigal more, um, uh, approachable and, you know, less, less academic, um, both really good again, but, um, let's see. Anyway, the mind, it's literally like how you, the lens of, of how you're, how you're, how you're attaching meaning to your experience your beliefs and that kind of stuff, the stuff that's really hard where, um, like if you are juggling things like a, like a day job and then, then your, your other creative projects and, um, this, uh, like how you look at it can be a giant factor as far as like how you feel ready. Like, so if, when that hour comes along, I have been not ready often and I've, I've, I've done poorly. And so I've, I've tried to put myself in a position to like, no, that's actually useful capacity. I can chip away at these big goals. Um, if, you know, if I'm open to it and, and honestly, sometimes I'm not ready and then being okay with that. And, uh, you know, that's a part of how I look at it. Right. So there you go. Big hand wavy. Well, that, that was a question I wrote down. When you, were, you know, when we were talking about in the first section, you, you said that, that you, in that in that tactical phase, you have the list, and you, you you know you have your hour, and you look at the list, and you're like, "What's next on the list?" And I wrote down, you know, what are you feeling like when that when you're saying that? And I know it's not the same way every time, right? This is another thing that I think is when I am at low capacity, and when the stress becomes a negative thing to me, I hear myself reciting that narrative that everybody else has this static state of being, this static state of perfect harmony. 
but they're just engaging with the thing with with minimal effort and it's coming out beautifully and i this idiotic caveman over here is smashing the pen into the paper going why isn't it working you know um <laughs> But but that's not what it's like for me every time. So why would it be like that for? Why would everybody else have a static state? I'm wondering what you what if you could give me the spectrum of interesting quote. It, it's um and I'm going to mess it up and I can't source it. So yay, sorry. Um, but it has to do with how like that kind of a comparison, uh, of how we are comparing and maybe someone in the chat will know, will will know the source of this quote. Like when you are comparing. Um, your messy backstage to someone else's polished performance on their front stage. So you're not seeing them behind the scenes. You're seeing them bring their stuff into the world and, 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 and um, in how they're presenting their stuff and themselves and all what have you. Right. Um, kind of even like us doing this podcast, even like us, like trying to share some of the messy behind the scenes, it still can look like, well, it's good for you. You know, sounds like you're, you, you know, ready to go every time when that hour comes up and it's like totally I'm not right. Right. But, (laughs) um, one thing that helps though is there's this feedback loop of like, um, like what can prevent me from changing is how I'm looking at it. And it's like my, my beliefs and my behaviors. Right. But also what can help me change it are my beliefs and behaviors. Right. So that's why I'm, I'm addicted to journaling. I have to capture my experience and reflect on it so that I can try to continue to adapt. It's like, Oh, it sounds easy for me. I know it's like, I feel very fortunate to have that as something that works for me. And I don't mean to say, and just, you know, pick it up and it's easy. And if you, you know, whatever, no, it, something else might work for you. But like to rather than try to do a prescription, back it up, back it up. and, And let me ask you, why are you addicted to journaling? What, oh, what here's what, why. Okay. Because when it, when I'm feeling the resistance of like, oh, this this hour I'm not I'm not in the mode where I I know I'm going to make the most of this. I can remember that reflection and based on what I've captured of like, I know this actually this feeling even though you know I could just stop right here and be all caught in it or I can pick my head up and go like yeah. I remember feeling it there and there and there and there and there. And then by just trust the process and start moving, um, I will get a better outcome if I don't. Right. You know, like, and, and that's my explanation what works for me. I'm not, you know, being, you know, you're, you're talking about a distance though. You're talking about like being able to uh, willfully distance yourself from the feelings you're having that moment. Yeah. And the, and I, I can report a very similar experience from capturing data and uh, monitoring and reflecting on the process of making stuff over and over again is that I can stop myself and say, oh, I'm feeling this feeling right now. And this is a real feeling. This is not something where I'm going to, you know, slap myself in the face and say, stop feeling like that stupid, like uh, Chris Farley or something, you know. <laughs> uh, it's it's a real feeling and it matters and it's and it's an important signal of you know of what I'm going through and maybe it's a signal of something that I I didn't realize I was going through, but I've been through this enough that I can stop and back away from it and sort of intellectually observe myself as I'm going through this feeling right. So as I'm not, it's it's less frequent that I let the emotion overwhelm me to where I say or do something that I regret later, right? 
um, or, or do poor work is it's not just, is you're talking about like, yeah, you get better results and that's true. But another thing that I, I noticed too, is that, um, that kind of distancing makes it a lot, it makes the meaningful moments stand out more because I have the distance to notice them. And, and it makes, I don't know, it, it makes me engage with them in this kind of bemused way where it's like, oh, this, this really, really sucky day. Boy, oh boy, is this going to be a funny story to tell at a party later on. You know, when I'm around a bunch of cartoonists, I'll get to say, oh, you know, this one time when I was working on this one deadline, you know, and then you get to do the, the fishing stories, right? <laughs> that is a, that is an excellent point that uh, the, <sighs> they, the, those tough times actually, and it, they can connect you to other people. Like, like what we're doing right now, trying to unbox some of these tough times. It's exactly that. Yeah. I, guess, I guess we're doing some, we went fishing or something. One of my favorite stories that I tell whenever I'm in mixed company is I tell the story when I got booed by 500 people and like the mayor was there, you know? <laughs> and, That's a good one. Oh man, did that suck. That sucked so bad. But when I tell the whole story, it's fun to watch people like kind of go along like, wow, this is going to be great. And then, oh, that must have hurt really bad. Yeah. And then it got better again. And then it got even worse after that, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's a marvelous story to be able to tell now, you know? And nobody got hurt. I don't want to tell a story where anybody got hurt. Um, Vanillion is in the chat. And bless you, Vanillion, for doing this. Uh, they found the quote. The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Stephen Furtick. We have oh, attribution. That's cool. That, that is awesome. I think uh, that sounds like it. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for doing that. Um. What one thing I would find interesting because I know we're probably getting to you know our maybe our final thought right because yep, we're headed there I mean, we've walked around this it's not going to be a definitive thing it's honestly this is another like lean into art like like core food we we serve right um, <laughs> fresh plates of uh, you know boy this is difficult what and how do we you know how do we look at it but I gotta say. I know what to tease for the final thought. Oh, please. All right. Is it time? Yeah. Okay. I want you to tell the story. <laughs> tell the story of the... Oh, uh, when I got booed the, by 500 people? Yeah, when, when you got booed by 500 people. I really... <laughs> All right. Oh, why not? Okay, yeah, I'll Yay. tell it. And I, uh, I'll try to protect identities where I can. Okay. Um, all right. All right, so you know, um, uh, a minute and a half or so I'm going to tell the story about when I got up on a stage and was there to be honored for my contribution to a town. And I thanked the wrong town and 500 people booed me. Um, but before we go there, <laughs> we got to thank some other people who make this show possible. And those people happen to be us. These two guys who struggle with stuff behind the scenes and then do our best to make a polished entrance from wherever we walk onto this show every week. Um, I said I was a cartoonist and teaching artist. That is to say, I'm a person who makes comic books. And one of the comics that I make right now, or that I have been making, is called Boulder and Fleet Adventures for Hire, which you can find at boulderandfleet.com. It's also posted natively to Instagram, Twitter. Uh, it's even on Topastic, and it's got its own Patreon, patreon.com slash jersey. But what is it about? It's animals and people close. Um, it's it's cute things being brave. It's about two best friends who decide to go into business as adventurers for hire, right? Make their living being adventurers. Um, but only one problem. Uh, it's kind of tough to be uh, a dragon slaying, you know, uh, 
prince saving adventure adventurer without getting into fights and one of the characters happens to be a pacifist so it's about them navigating this world of danger and excitement and awesome action sequences but they don't want to hurt anybody when they do it and they would much rather be friends with people than be enemies with people uh you can read it at boulderandfleet.com rob you make a game i do and this is a um this is a game called this panda needs you and honestly that you might be tired of how many pandas come up come up to you and say hey buddy i need you right but this is just this is this is a cute one that has for that trade for your attention and for just a couple you know like three three of your your uh us dollars right um you can play this game on your iphone or ipad where it's um it's it's puzzle solving it is uh block stacking and pattern matching and it's very calm it's meant to be like for very young players but i find i've found people all ages to tend to enjoy it because it's such a calm game that this panda is you know comes along sees a stack of blocks an arrangement and then a cloud shows up and knocks them all down and the panda's there like oh what what can we do now but you're there to help and you put all these blocks back together solve the puzzles the panda celebrates as you make progress and it's just a really it's a it's a good mellow time and there's like over 50 levels and again you can play it on your iphone and ipad and learn more about it at this-panda.com and if you're here because you like the way we think about things rather than the things we make, fair enough. This is another thing we make. And we make more things like this at leanintoart.com slash workshops. There's a whole bunch of uh, video workshops that you can download. They're like little like online classes that you can download at a price of your choosing, even a buck or even free. Uh, and you can always come back and purchase it later if you find that you got value out of it. Um, leanintoart.com slash workshops. There's comics workshops. There's UI workshops, making video games workshops. Basically, we cover our, uh, you know, the, the the spectrum of our expertise in there. Uh, and then also, if you, you know, get value out of this show and you've already done all these other things, you've read Boulder and Fleet, you've bought uh, This Panda Needs You, and you've downloaded our workshops, a thing you can do right now that is free is if you're watching the video on YouTube, giving it a thumbs up. That helps more people find the video. It raises our, our uh, relevance in search. Or if you listen to the show on a podcatcher, giving the show a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you use helps more people find the show as well. And we thank everybody so much for engaging with the stuff that we make. Uh, it means a lot to us. Yes, thank you. It's always, yeah, just it's humbling and awesome to see the, the, what you know people have given the star ratings and the, and the kind things. So, um, yeah, thank you. All right. All right. So tell the story. Yeah. To, are, you know, are you ready? You, you know, you're on the spot. How do you feel? You ready, ready to. Sure. Uh, no, I, you know, it's, I was listening to a recent episode. I might've mentioned this re recently. Um, uh, the on being podcast. And there was a guy interviewed where he was saying that he hopes for one good humiliation a day, you know, it sounds so <laughs> awkward and so painful, but on the other hand, you know, it's, ah, oh, getting triangulation, getting perspective, right. Is also another function of that. Um, and I feel like this was one of those things because, um, you know, let me not become uh, the arrogant monster who looks in the mirror and says, like, only a God could put this together, you know? Um, <laughs> That's good to be kept humble. I get that. But, like, also, like, one a day? is Does that even work for someone who wants it? I, fascinating. I don't know. <laughs> I was talking with a friend, actually. I was talking with a friend recently, and I mentioned that quote to him. They were like, I don't need to ask for that. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, the, these things kind of present themselves uh, with or without our consent. Um, 
All right. So here comes here's the story of uh, when I got booed by 500 people um, years ago. I was asked to be uh, the artist in residence uh, for the city of Chelsea, Michigan, which was where a lot of local organizations headed by the Chelsea District Library hired me on to bring comics programming to a whole bunch of different venues there. Like so at like local local organizations, but also like there they had like some local art fairs. Um, they interviewed me for their you know, like the, this local TV uh, interviewer interviewed me for their show. I got to do all sorts of different kinds of presentations myself. I got to hire artists like Matt Fiesel and uh, uh, Ruth McNally Barshaw came into town to lead workshops for kids. So it was me acting as a conduit for the kids of that town to um, broaden the broaden their understanding and appreciation for the medium of comics and get them making comics of their own dream job, right? Getting paid to do this. Um, I, as part of it, uh, part of my job was also to act as a um, sort of a front man, not front man. I was, I was asked to do a lot of presentations to various stakeholders to explain to them the value that this project was bringing to the town. Right. So I had to do lots of, lots of public speaking for this. Uh, a lot of small gigs where it's like, oh, you're going to talk to the Lions Club. No big deal. Ten people. I do it in my sleep. Easy job. But then one day they were like, um, and this was, oh, and, and throughout this thing, it's like I was I was treated with so much respect and deference that it was it felt it's a really good feeling to have people treat you with like a lot of respect to be treated like you, what you're doing matters to them a lot and be to, and have that feedback loop continuously, right? Um, even working with like the local gallery to do a gallery show that year. You remember during kids read comics that summer, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, ah, oh, just, it was just, it was this, this very boy, buoyant kind of feeling around the whole thing. And I started to feel like, wow, maybe I'm onto something. Maybe all this effort I've been putting into my work all these years is starting to like turn into something that's going to be meaningful to not just me. Uh, so one of the, uh, one of the climaxes of this project was, um, they wanted me to do some kind of like keynote talk at this breakfast where like the police chief and the mayor and all these important people were going to be there. There's like 500 people in this room. <clears throat> uh, but what I didn't realize until it was too late was that this talk was like at seven 30 in the morning. It was really early in the Ooh, morning. <laughs> a talk that yeah. early. And you know, it's like I, one of the things I enjoy about my line of work is I don't often have to get up before nine, you know, uh, like nine o'clock is like usually when my day starts. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Doesn't that sound like absolutely just like, that's like Caligula. It's so disgusting <laughs> to sleep until nine. Oh yeah. That's wonderful. Good for you. <laughs> so that was all to say that I was, I was unprepared for what it would take to get up and go out of town and show up at a talk at uh, seven thirty in the morning. So when I got there, I wasn't fully caffeinated. I was really dragging. And then they served us breakfast. So like I'm really tired. Now I eat this big breakfast and eat all these pancakes and stuff. And and I realized too late. It's like oh you shouldn't have done that jersey because now you're even more logy. And so I'm pounding coffee before my talk. You know, uh, but as best I can. But um, it's not working. Oh no. So I get up on the stage and uh, Chelsea. And Ann Arbor kind of have a friendly rivalry with one another uh, where they both it's not like our sports teams hate each other or anything, but there's just like it's it's like what happens in small towns that are in close proximity. Right. Like Shelbyville and Springfield kind of thing. Right. I do a lot of work with the Ann Arbor District Library a lot uh, and have for years. 
I walk up onto the stage and I'm still gro- groggy and there's all these people in the room and I go and I say to the room, I would like to thank the Ann Arbor District Library for bringing me here. I thank the wrong organization in the wrong town. Everybody <laughs> in the room boos. 500 people. Boo! Angry. Some of them, some of them quite angry. Oh, no. um, and, and so I, I and this is where I get to feel proud of myself again because I just rolled with it. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Boo. Not enough coffee for this kid. And I just went right into my talk and my presentation. I did the thing where I started working with the crowd. I'm like, hey, if I make the shape this way, if I make the shape this way, well, how does it make you feel? How does it make you feel different? Why does a triangle feel different than a square? You know, and, and, and I, I'm slowly the room's warming up and, and, and the back channel. My brain's like, keep going, Jersey. You're good at this. You're proving you're good at this. And not only are you, are you good at this, you're so good that you're going to turn a hostile room into a friendly room. That's how good you are. And they're, they're, they're applauding. They're laughing at the jokes. And I'm like, I did it. I, I turned it around. Like, I am good at this. And then I thank them and I walk off the stage and I go back down to the table where everybody's having breakfast. And some of my friends who are there come up to me and they're like, Wow, Jersey, that was really amazing. Too bad about that thing you said at the top, though. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. And then up comes the policeman, you know, who was there. He's like, oh, that was a terrific talk. Too bad about that thing you said at the top, though. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> now comes, you know, the director of this organization, the president of that organization. Like, that was a fantastic talk, and I learned so much. Too bad about that thing you said at the top, though. It's like, oh. all right. <laughs> I counted over 70 people told me that after that 70. talk. 70. <laughs> That's amazing. That's some good, like, we talk about engagement and conversion, right? That's not like, like one or two percent. That's like. That's a, it's a big number of people. No doubt. Which, is that, is that a compliment sandwich? I don't know what that is, what they did. You know, it's like, wonderful thing, too bad you failed at the beginning, right? I walked out of that place dragging myself. I was like, oh, I didn't save it. I did not save the day. Mm. You know, I did, I did a bad thing. I insulted people who paid me a lot of money, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so yeah. Um, but I remember that day I recorded a thunder punch daily and I know it's in the archives to go back. And I said to myself, um, oh my gosh, this might've been five years ago. I said, I want from here on, I'm going to use this as a lesson to live my life from the perspective of five years from now where I'm going to remember that, yes, this is a a grievous thing that's happening right now. It's a painful thing that's happening right now. But let's put it in the perspective of five years from now. What is it going to look like then? That some things will still be grievous, right? Mm. Obviously, some things will leave a a painful mark that lasts a lifetime. But this in the perspective of the five year window is like, that's a pretty good story I get to tell, right? Hmm. It is a really good story. And, uh, and now, and then actually looking at, and your Thunder Punch Daily, where you did that kind of reflection on it, right? Um, I mean, in a way, this is, I mean, that's another, uh, like, final thought takeaway. Choosing to, to, to capture that so you can look at it and you can, you can see how the meaning changes over time, perhaps. And how does that help you... Um, I don't know. How does that help you with what you're doing now? I mean, is it, how, how, how does it help you, Jersey? Oh, well, I mean, it certainly makes me have a, what, what Kate Stenzinger calls a purposeful pause before leaping into doing anything like that now. So it was not to make those kinds of slip ups for one, right? It's like mm-hmm. I made it, I'm, it was a, 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 such a, oh, I was just listening to something. I think it was on the, you are not so smart podcast. Where they talked about emotional pain 
happens in the same part of the brain that physical pain does. <clears throat> and so and I think this was in the, uh, the backfire effect episodes, which are fabulous. Everybody should listen to them. They're such good listening, talking about how um, if you believe something very strongly, having that belief challenged triggers the same part of the brain that, that is triggered when you feel physical pain. And it will often, if you're presented with conflicting facts that prove your belief wrong, it can make people double down on that belief because the thought of letting go of that belief is so painful, even though they're not thinking it, they're not thinking it that way. Not that thinking about like, no, dinosaurs aren't real. Dinosaurs aren't real. I'm, I'm choosing to believe this because I have to. It's, it's more like, no, now I'm just going to be even angrier with you because you're attacking me physically. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, why was I doing that? Uh, oh, so, uh, were we talking about the reflection part of it yeah the uh, reflection part of it and like so how does so like how does it tr inform what you're doing now right yeah so that's you right okay purple, yes. purposeful pause so yes so that experience left a, a wound in you know in that part of the brain so to speak figuratively speaking which makes me more aware when i get step up to do something that's going to require some kind of performance aspect i'd stop and take a breath and sort of assess what i'm about to do one more time um but also, it was, it's, it's a perspective-building thing. Like you were talking about earlier, is being able to poke one's head up above and look at it in a broader context. Hmm. That's pretty cool. And like how, uh, yeah, now I wonder, is, the, is that um, Thunder Punch Daily avail available to link to? Yeah, be, yeah, it's yeah, it at, it's at uh, comicsagreat.com, um, and it's right in the sidebar. I don't know what episode it is. I'll, I, I yeah, will try to find that it. That would be the hard part. So not in it could, could be. It, it might even be called five there. years from now. Um, I don't know what's there, but uh, lots of interesting tie-ins to, to what, we, what we chatted and we, what we walked through, which I, think, which I think we did do that. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, Vanillion is being kind to me in the chat. They're saying, uh, sounds like the public speaking equivalent of the flash dance finale, a big stumble, then a courageous decision to continue, then an excellent performance. I'd call it a success. Well, I appreciate that. I also think about how in the Olympics, like there's always that one person in the gym, the, the gymnast team in the Olympics who does the, like, the parallel bars whenever lands, like falls down, but then they mm -hmm. still get up and do the, this thing. And everybody's like, Oh, so brave. You know, it's like, that's, that's one of those things that like is like crack to me, you know. It's like people being really brave despite having humiliated themselves. Oh, eat that stuff like poi. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, that's. Um, and and it's not the same as far as like we don't have the big obvious <clears throat> tumbling um, mishaps caught on video but like if you journal it is something to look back on and and you can kind of piece it together and and i don't know that's that's me twisting your your analogy to uh to say hey journaling one more time <laughs> some kind of collection some kind of some gathering time. and a period of you know even if it's even if it's recording your own microcast right to like just process the thoughts exactly it's why we've we we do the art sound off thing or it's why we did it for for the last three years it's why you know we we talk about journaling on on the podcast and then that's and in different forms like maybe there's of course the more data-centric ones there's sort of the, the the whole project planning ones where joseph coco mentioned um you know gantt charts and how project managers use those or like the spreadsheet like jersey was talking about 
um, you get some kind of um, structured way or, or unstructured, you, there's going to be nuances that, that, are, um, that are worth having. It's not like you have to hold on to every single, you know, bumper bruise or drawing you ever did or what have you. But like, you're going to crunch it down. You're, you're going to summarize. It's not going to be all, you know, every nitty gritty moment. That will be this unfathomable giant mountain of data. It's going to be something though that that's going to be um, the process of capturing it, the process of looking back on it. That's it's just so valuable. Um, Agreed. Yeah, biased, right? But anyway, yeah, yeah. Not every problem's a nail, but but yeah. uh, that hammer has worked very well for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it gets you out of. I mean, it's you know short short term memory stuff and and habits and whatever. It's like this extra little signal out there. All right. Well, we'll be back next week to think about this stuff some more. Um, and uh, it'll be archived at patreon.com slash lean into art, lean into art.com. There's more social media links we're going to throw out in a second. I want to thank everybody for downloading, listening, and watching, um, and for the thumbs up on the YouTubes and the ratings on the iTunes. And until next time, uh, I have been Jersey Drozd of leanintoart.com and Jersey on Twitter. And I've been Rob Stenzinger of leanintoart.com and Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. Okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at leanintoart.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user leanintoart. And you can reach us via email at leanintoart at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.